Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. A great service department that is there for you with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance and a sales staff that backs it all up with deals that are ready for you and are good for you and are right for you. It's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, online, sunburymotors.com. So let us know out of the gate what you hate. <laughs> you got to give me credit, it rhymed. That's true. That's what very do you true. Hate out of the gate. That's um, a new segment with you. <laughs> I like it. I mean, this this whole thing with Mel Tucker, Michigan State continues to look stupider and stupider. Where today they tell him that they intend to fire him. Okay, okay I think well, we knew that already, okay, didn't can, we? Can, can you hold on? Can you hold on one second about that? All right. Let, let let's start with this, okay? Um, they actually had two routes to go. So you have to understand what the process is, Matt. So I'm just trying to help out here, okay? Um, and so in helping out, this this is the process as to how it plays out. They had two routes. They could announce that they're going to intend to terminate him, Okay and do it now, which then speeds up the process. Or the other option they had was to go through the process to October 5th, and then the next there's another layer of that process, and they probably could not terminate him until November. So that's why, look, they're going to terminate Okay. So... Uh, that was those are the two choices one expedites the process the other one would have dragged it out and that's why they're doing it this way and and I'm only saying that because I I, I know somebody who uh, understands what their Title IX process is at Michigan State so I, I thought I'd help out there a little bit so is this for all universities that do this or is this just a Michigan State thing this, well 
Title Title Nine. Everybody has a Title Nine division, right. but Mich- Michigan State has a process in place when something like this comes up across the university. I mean, it's not just an athletic department policy. Gotcha. So they decided that the two options they had, they probably sat down with the lawyers and said, okay, what are the two options we have here? Because either way, we're going to terminate them. Well, okay, one is we just keep doing what we're doing, and we go to October 5th. And then after that, there's another layer to it where a decision has to be made, and this will drag into November. Or we can announce the intention to terminate now with cause, still go through the October 5th hearing, but with the idea that when it's over with, the decision can be made uh, officially into the point. I hope that helps. No, it does. That does. I... Uh, and it, this is all about process, Matt. It's not. It's not about. Because um, when I first saw it, I thought, okay, well, why didn't you wait? My, that was my first question. Why didn't you wait until the process was over with? Okay. Uh, and now, and then, you know, you know enough people who can give you the right answers. And I I was able to get a an answer on it, a better answer. How about that? No, that definitely clears it up. No, no, and it's not. It's, this is not your fault, not even remotely, because your thought was initially my thought. Like, well, okay, well, we all know you're going to terminate. I mean, you're trying to get out from this contract. I mean, <laughs> there's seventy seven million dollars to go in this thing. Of course, you want to terminate him with cause. Uh, and so I wasn't surprised by that part, but I was surprised they announced it when they did until I found out that they had two options on this. And the two options were to do what they did or to continue the process out, and it would have just had it hang there until November when they already had made up their mind what they were going to do. Which brings us to criticism that we, we that we both talked about was when this first came up in July, why why didn't they start this then? Well, and that that's that's the part I, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I don't. I can understand up until July 25th, nobody does anything, and there's a reason why. Because um, over the years, you want me to tell you about what a Clery Act test looks like? You want me to tell you what a mandatory reporter test looks like? You want me to tell you what a Title IX test looks like? I've taken them all. Okay. So part of when you put in a complaint or you forward something as a mandatory reporter or, in this case, Title IX, once you put it in, you're out of it. You're done. Um, There's no checking up on it. You're not allowed to. Uh, And so when Alan Haller put it in, the athletic director. At that point, now he's done. No updates. You know, you can't call over and say, uh, "Hey, I, you know, I put that, that complaint in. Um, you know, can you tell me where it stands?" Not allowed to. They're not. They are not allowed to tell you. So that's why I can understand. Up until July 25th, nobody knew about it. Now it comes in on July 25th. This is where I have questions. Nothing has changed from July 25th until today in terms of the information, except that it got out. 
to me, from what I can see, that's the only thing that changed. It got out. Okay. Uh, and that's... <laughs> Welcome to our world. That's uh, that's that. Those are the rules, and so I'm with you. The you know between July 25th and the time USA Today put it out. Now, according to Mel Tucker in his response, it's Ms. Tracy. I apologize for not for not remembering her first name. Okay, that that's on me. Uh, he according to what he put out, he seems to be indicating that she's the one that leaked it. Okay. So there you go. Now you read his a little bit further. (laughs) And guess what? It doesn't take long to figure out. When he put in, it's like it's the fourth paragraph. We look forward to discovery. Well, guess what? When you're looking forward to discovery, what does that mean? We're going to sue you. What he's looking for is not the $77 million. I think he's looking for anything he can get out of this to at least salvage something financially out of it. Because he's not going to get the $77 million. No way in heck. So I hope I I hope I was able to clarify that for you, Matt. Because again, your reaction is a reaction that I um, initially had myself, and it wasn't until I decided, okay, well, let's find out a little bit more about this, and it, it helped and gave a little more perspective. So believe me, you're not uh, you are not alone in how you feel about that. No, absolutely clears it up. Still should have been done earlier, but that clears it well, up. No, no, I'm with you, Matt. It should have been done earlier. I don't, uh, I don't understand. Like from July 25th, okay. Why you, um, just let it hang there? So, yeah. I mean, that, that's I'm with you. I don't understand why would they let it hang there. So, so really, it's an odd situation in a lot of ways. Can't be your only complaint, though. Oh no, I do have another. Ooh, sounds like you're ready to come out firing. <laughs> so, watching the Monday night game last night, the Steelers game, that is. Oh, that game was brutal. It was. It was one of the more most bizarre, wild games I have ever it was, seen. It was It was brutal and it was boring. Yeah, all the above. Um, but with that was the way the Browns were carrying on pregame and into the first half. Like, they're, they're after a turnover, they're, like, dancing all together as a group on the sideline. They're dancing in the end zone. They're doing dancing over here. It's the first quarter. It's pregame. 
You haven't who won was, anything yet. Who was doing this? The Browns. Oh, the Browns. Okay. Overall, I, I, all over, I see camera angles of them dancing and this and that and hooting and hollering. First of all, you're the road team. Now, if you're up thirty to nothing in a game and it's like er, late third, early fourth quarter, fine. That's fine. You should be doing that because you're dominating the game. You've earned that right. But not early on in the game when it, when it was a complete slot fest overall, but especially early on. I mean, come on. Again, know your place. Read the room. You won one game at home. You're still the Browns. Stop dancing. Win more games, and then you can start dancing. They have a massive – they have a – gigantic quarterback problem. Oh, they do. Uh, he can uh, only run with the football. That is it, Deshaun Watson. He cannot throw a, the football. His accuracy is so bad. I think I think even running the ball, he's eh. Um, when Kenny Pickett hits 50% of his passes and is the better quarterback on the night, that's not good. Yes. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett would not have uh, his performance would not have played out for almost any other team in the league last night. Kenny Pickett was not very good. But Deshaun Watson, you look at the first 11 games, and, of course, we had Peter King on the show on Thursday last week. And he did a long, hard look at Cincinnati and Cleveland. And he, remember he talked about Watson, how he was skipping balls off the turf. And it's one thing to look back on last season with the 11-game suspension. And then he only had six, seven games left in the season. And you could maybe attribute the the um, mediocre performance, which is what he was, mediocre last year, to rust. Okay. Well, now let's see what he does with the full training camp and get him out and play a couple, you know, play in a preseason game. And now he's, you know, he should be fully engaged. Nothing's changed. It is amazing that when you look at what Seattle did with Russell Wilson, let's give Pete Carroll and his, his, and John Schneider, who's the GM, a lot of credit for understanding the shelf life of Russell Wilson. And that's so important in, in, in sports now. You know, these guys want these long-term contracts, which I don't blame them. We'd all like a long-term contract that gave us some guaranteed money. So I'm not blaming anybody there Okay, when it comes to that. But at the same time, uh, at the same time, if you're starting to see diminishing skills through practice and in games, you have to move on. And with Watson, he brought so much baggage to the table off the field. Why do you make that move? Somebody explain to me why you make that move. I don't understand what Cleveland's doing and to have the entire contract guaranteed. And now you're stuck with this. You're stuck. He really is right now in the bottom 16 quarterbacks in the league. Now, whatever number you want to assign to him, but he's not in the upper half at all.
And now they don't have Nick Chubb, and that was awful to see. That was awful. Yeah, I, I, just awful with Nick Chubb. I mean, pros pro, excellent running back, and it just wow. You just sit back and you just say to yourself, "What the heck's going on here?" Because they're stuck with that contract. I mean, stuck. And right now, he flat out can't play. Can't. They have a really good defense. The Browns do have a really good defense. And the Steelers' defense scored 14 points last night. Watt played a great game. Highsmith played a great game. Offensively, you'd be hard-pressed to ask me which Steeler offensively played well. But they won. We'll talk to Neil about that in the last half hour. But Watson? (sighs) You know, there's an old saying, you know, that people use as comedy at times, the Browns being the Browns. The Watson trade right now is, 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 you feel like, is the ultimate in it. Don't you think so? 100%. I I couldn't understand why they made the deal. Like, what are you doing? When Jacoby Brissett filled in last year, when Watson was out, they were better offensively. And Brissett brings none of the baggage that Watson brings to the table. Wow. All right. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Want to work for a stable yet growing company? Got it. Want to work for a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in taking care of customers and employees? Got it. Want to work for a leader in selling more cars and satisfying more customers? Got it. Who has all that? SMC Sunbury Motor Company is looking for technicians across all their departments. Whether you're an entry-level technician, an experienced technician, or someone looking for a career change, Sunbury Motors would love to hear from you. They're looking for technicians for their quick lane, car and light truck service, heavy truck service, body shop, and frame and alignment division. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com, in person at our North 4th Street location, or call Todd at 570-286-7746. Your new career of working on Fords, Kias, Hyundais, Western Star trucks, plus anything that fits in the door, and some things that don't. Join Sunbury Motors. Your new career is waiting for you. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online. SunburyMotors.com, for Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it up. Routine. Too difficult, they can handle it. Great pros, pros at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. 
Is there anything else that is perplexing you right now? I know you're perplexed by the fact that ESPN drew a record 9.3 million for Colorado, Colorado State in a game that ended at 2:30 in the morning. I mean, as nauseating as it is, I'm not surprised. You're you're perplexed. <laughs> and and this whole thing, it's not necessarily ran. It's just this whole thing with uh, the hit out of bounds is obviously, I mean, the hit is bad. Uh, there's no question about it. That, that was, as you said yesterday, that is a textbook targeting. It should have been called. It should have been thrown out the whole bit. I'm yeah. with you there a whole way. But death threats, really? I, I, it, I, I, you know, I get so sick and tired of the ignorant. You're sending a death threat to a kid? I mean, come on. Really? All right. Okay. Go back to your job. All right. Worry about the next game. Don't do that. Come on. That's that that kind of behavior. It's criminal. Uh Penn State basketball schedule is out with one exception, okay? They will open with Delaware State on Monday the sixth. These are all Jordan Center games. Lehigh on Friday the tenth, so that's the day before they play Michigan. Tuesday the 14th with St. Francis. Friday the 17th with Moorhead State before they're at home with Rutgers. Then they go down to um, Kissimmee, known to Matt as Orlando. Texas A&M, then they play either Butler or Florida Atlantic. Thursday, Friday, then Sunday they come back, and whomever's on the other side of the bracket, they'll play Sunday. Bucknell. In the Jordan Center on Saturday, the second Big Ten opener at Maryland on the 6th. Saturday, the 9th, home with Ohio State. Now, here's the missing one, and that is the 17th. They have been talking about playing in the hoops-giving game with Georgia Tech. There has been a venue problem. And the contract's not signed, so it's not on here. So next will be Lemoyne on December 21st on a Thursday. Lemoyne is going to Division One for the first time ever this year. In fact, Lemoyne's going to open the season with Georgetown. So Lemoyne on the 21st, Ryder on Friday the 29th, then back to Big Ten play on Thursday the 4th at Michigan State. The Palestra game will be Sunday the 7th with Michigan in Philadelphia. Wednesday at home at the Jordan Center on the 10th with Northwestern at Purdue on Saturday the 13th of January. Back to the Jordan Center for Tuesday the 16th with Wisconsin. In Columbus on Saturday the 20th with Ohio State. Back home with Minnesota on Saturday the 27th. Then back-to-back road games with Rutgers on Wednesday the 31st, followed by Indiana on Saturday, February 3rd. On the 8th, home with Iowa. On the 11th, Northwestern, a Sunday in Evanston. Wednesday the 14th, they have Michigan State in the Jordan Center. Then off to Lincoln on Saturday the 17th to play Nebraska. Back-to-back home games on Wednesday the 21st with Illinois and Saturday the 24th with Indiana. Then back-to-back road games on Tuesday, Saturday. They're at Iowa. 
on Tuesday, February 27th, and then at Minnesota on Saturday, March 2nd. And then they have Maryland at home on Sunday, the 10th of March, before going back to Minneapolis for the Big Ten tournament starting on Wednesday, March 13th, running through March 17th. So Penn State will have, let's see, one Saturday home game with the students here. They will have one Saturday home game. One Saturday home game. Up two. There we go. <coughs> two Saturday home games. <coughs> With the students here, which are, of course, are their best draws. But that's, you know, we've talked about that before. I'm not going to get into it. It's all done for TV, and it's just with now all the moving parts with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington coming in, it's going to be more difficult to do stuff like that. But that is the schedule. So if you're wondering why there's 30 games and not 31, it's that hoops-giving game on December 17th against Georgia Tech that is still right now in a gray area. And it's because the promoter wanted to change venues. All right? And Penn State's not enamored with it. Nor should they be. Because you don't want to have a gap between the 9th and the 21st. You'd like to be playing that weekend, the 17th. It's too big a gap. We now turn back to your complaints. <laughs> uh, those are the really the main two things as of this moment, but show's still young. Well, the Watson thing is, um, I mean, look, the Steeler offenses, they, they have trouble. They have a lot of problems. Their defense, T.J. Watt had another terrific performance. Highsmith played really well. They did lose Fitzpatrick to an injury. That didn't help. But for Cleveland, Nick Chubb's out for the year now. Feel awful for him. And without Chubb, and they have to rely now really on Watson? Are you kidding me? Can't rely on him. Can't. not good enough he's not good enough and that's I mean his skills have dramatically diminished think about it I mean really like it's dramatic Almost, I mean, really, it's 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 stunning in some ways how dramatic it is. By the way, congratulations, to David Taylor, Zane Rutherford, world champions, winning their titles in Serbia. As the wrestling juggernaut known as Penn State continues to roll on and roll forward. 
So Rutherford and Taylor took gold medals. Kyle Dake took a silver. And uh, Kyle Snyder took a, a bronze. So, tremendous for the U.S. and uh, for the Nittany, Le- uh, Nittany Wrestling Club. Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. And for David Taylor, he's now won three world championships, 18, 22, 23, and the gold medal in Tokyo in 22. Uh, Shout out to the great people of Jersey Shore last night. They took a an, an emotionally impossible situation And a shout-out, by the way, to our great team of Kevin Hur and Dave Ritchie for how they handled it. And there's just really no way, there's no handbook on how to handle something like this that is just so gut-wrenching for everybody. But you know what? You have to handle it, and... To the credit of everybody in Jersey Shore, to the credit of everybody at Shikolami, to the credit of our broadcast team, everybody handled it as well as you can ask them to do it. Absolutely. That was that was pretty moving to watch last night. Yeah. So uh, it's just awful. This is no other way of it's just awful. Uh-huh. But it was handled with dignity and class by everybody. We want to make sure that we uh, recognize that. So we'll take a break. We will come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Suits in the corner office right now doing air guitar. Where do we find these people? You're asking the wrong guy. Oof, man. That's what I tell you right now. That is one scary dude. All right. Um, this, of course, uh, after I praised him. S U I T, that spells suit. Yeah. Yeah, he he and Dave were phenomenal last night. That game was broadcast with a heart. Uh, all right. Uh, James Franklin's press conference. Nothing really. I don't know. Earth shattering about it today. I mean, just kind of talked about. Where they are, answer the question. I thought he gave a you know terrific answer on Micah Parsons. Uh, Mike Gross asked him about that, and uh, he and he brought up some stuff that I brought up before, you know about Micah already getting his degree from Penn State. Um, 
he is somebody that uh, is an incredibly well-rounded individual. He brought out, you know, how he loves to play chess and uh, about the wrestling part. I think everybody knows about the wrestling part. Uh, and it's one of the, it's one of the reasons Dave Gettleman is not a general manager in the National Football League right now is that when the Eagles made that brilliant trade to swap picks with the Cowboys and took Devontae Smith, the Giants should have immediately and and, you know, and as you know, I said it to you. I think I said, texted that to you right now. I said, Giants should take Parsons. Hey, with a wide receiver, take him. Nope. They traded back with the Bears. Uh, the Bears took um, Justin Fields. And the Cowboys took Parsons. And the Giants took Kadarius Toney. Yep, I remember wonder, getting that text. You wonder why <laughs> you are not drawing checks from the three-letter league. It made no sense to me. I sat there and went, okay. I understand what the the Eagles did was brilliant. I said, okay, no problem. I said, take Micah Parsons, move on. This guy's going to be a star of all stars in the league. Nope, we'll trade down. What? You're going to trade down? So what the Giants did... Now, they didn't hand the Eagles Devontae Smith, but they handed Micah Parsons to the Cowboys. In their own division. And they took Kadarius Toney. I mean, the next day you should have been filing your unemployment papers. That made no sense. And now, and this isn't retrospect. I said it to you that night. This makes no sense. No, oh, I feel so awful for Nick Chubb. My goodness. You don't want to see anybody. You don't want to see anybody get hurt. It's something like that. Oh, and for the Browns, I mean, this is a devastating injury as a team, both personally and professionally. Hmm. Well, there you go. It's, uh, and we have Neil today, right? Just Neil today, yeah. I'm just asking for for Neil. I mean, I'm going to ask him right away. We have to talk about Deshaun Watson. Oh, I'm very curious to see what he has to say. (laughs) And about the Steelers' offense in general. Just this whole game last night is just a non-classic Neil Coolong type of game. (laughs) That would drive him crazy. (laughs) I sat there last year, and, of course, the Broncos and Colts, set the sport back a couple of decades. You watched that game last night. Right? If it wasn't for Highsmith early and then 
in the fourth quarter. Watt, tell me what the highlights of that game happened to be. Well, he did have the big play to uh, to Pickens. Great, but that was about it. Other than that, but at so least the, you had that in the Browns and the Broncos Colts game. You literally had no scoring at all. No. At least this, you had some action. But I'll go back to what I said about Russell Wilson. This is something with him. When he played at Seattle, he did so many, so many things to keep his team in games. Over and over again. So when they trade him to Denver, you're like, wow. Boy, they can't believe they're trading and moving on from him and so on and so forth. And then you watch him last year. Let's give let's give John Schneider and Pete Carroll credit. They obviously saw some things that we didn't know. The shelf life had reached the, the expiration point. And that is what That's the part where you sit back and you say, wow. Um. And I know I said what I said yesterday about Sean Payton, and I mean every single word I said yesterday. But after watching that extensively on Sunday, that game with Washington, he is—he just is, looks like he's just playing a step back, like he's one step behind. Yeah, because, I mean, let me tell you, on the two-point conversion, what I was thinking, I'd have moved Wilson and had him see if he could get to the edge and score himself. Because they were getting great pressure up the middle against him. And that's why I was a little surprised they didn't at least move him. And I don't care if they move him right or left. Doesn't matter to me. Um, But... I was just surprised at the play that they called. And it's amazing when you watch the best playing. It's like a chess game to them out there. And as soon as they make a decision, it's like that, and they are confident in that decision. And then you can tell when somebody's hoping. And... When you watch Wilson play or you watch Watson play, they're hoping to make plays. There's no confidence in what they're doing right now. You know what I mean? That's that's why I've talked about in golf for years. Tiger Woods, when he was in his prime, another one of your favorite topics. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! But he was always playing the game a couple of shots ahead. Like, he's at the tee, and he's already thinking about exactly where he needs it because, okay, I need to hit this second shot going in. Okay. while everybody else is hitting a shot and then walking up and saying, what shot do I need to hit? 
And then when Tiger had all the injuries, he started then falling back with everybody else that he was hitting shots. Okay, now where am I? Where do I have to go? You can see that with quarterbacks. They know what they want to do, right, beforehand. Like, you know, okay, yeah, I've got this. This will be my second option. This will be my third. Instead, now you watch Watt, guys like Watson and Wilson go back. They are just hoping the first option works. And you can see that. So it's a big problem. And it's not what you want. I mean, you watch. I mean, you watch Jalen Hurts last year. Uh, Jalen Hurts knew exactly what he was doing, where he wanted to go, and why he wanted to do it. Now, I feel in watching him in the first two games, not quite the same. And you can see he's getting a little frustrated with it. Plus, now he and A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown is, you know. Apparently, they've worked it out. Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll yeah. It's, isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Kumbaya. Ah, come on. Your team's <laughs> fighting internal strife. This is what you live for. Finally happens to your team, and you can't buy into it. If it happened to the Cowboys, you'd be jumping up and down. That's because it's happened more often there than not. Well, now you're fighting on the sideline. You're no different than anybody else. I do want to see how the Cowboys react to their first set of adversity, especially number four. That's the only thing I'll say. But obviously, they're looking very good right now. What adversity? 